So Braxton, I can't believe that you are only 14. You reached out to uh, the, our our site because we have a shortage of hay and you were offering to kind of help us out with that. And so that was really exciting. And I didn't even know that you were 14 and you have just a great way of speaking. You have a great communication skills. You're very professional. So those are all really great qualities that um, I know that what your program is working on is building up those skills. And so I wanted to have you on to talk about a little bit about your life and what's going on with you. Yes. And thank you guys for having me. Yes. Okay, so Braxton, tell us who you are, where you live in the general location, and kind of what what is getting you excited about agriculture and farming. Yes, so my name is Braxton Robbins, and I am from the Shawnee-Tecumseh area in Oklahoma. And I really started when I was in the fifth grade, about 11 or 12. And my family, we have owned you know, 80 acres, 100 acres in the past, but we had to sell that due to things that came up in life. And I got started with one of a good family friend of ours. She had backyard dairy goats and chickens. And I was like, oh, I want to go, you know, go feed them and go pet them. And um, so I think that's really what started it and what kickstarted it. And a few days later, I went over there, milked at 6.30 in the morning and I knew that that was for me when I enjoyed it, when I saw what I liked about it. And so, I mean, I think that's what started it. And just from there, you know, it kind of grew and grew and grew more and more. Um, and this year, last year, we went to our first Dairy Goat show at our county fair. And I think, you know, that's when it clicked. Okay, I want to get into showing goats. I want to get into showing animals. And last year I joined our school's FFA and um, it was fun, you know, I enjoyed it and we talked about everything. And then last year we got our cows that we moved here and they are just, you know, love going out there every day, you know, petting on them. We're trying to halter break one right now and she's a wild one, but we're working on it. And um, I think, you know, it's just, it just takes patience and time and you know you got to really know what you're doing do a lot of research and you have to know what you want in life and you want you want to set goals and i have set many goals and i have achieved many of those goals um a few of my goals this year were to win a belt buckle for showmanship in a show um be on our junior county fair board um get my first show pig and i have achieved all three of those in the past two months so um, I got elected to be on our junior county fair board, which was very exciting for me. Um, and I knew that my agriculture experience would just grow from there. And if I could tell anybody to get anybody started, it would just to get involved. Um, you know, I started out as a little kid helping my grandpa work cattle and, you know, go out there, work with them, put them in the pen, and I thought that's what it was, that you know we were just done after a few minutes out there. But I didn't know anything really about it until I really researched it, took the time and looked into it and found what I wanted to do. So I, you know, I think that's just, you know, you gotta be patient, you gotta set goals, you have to work on those goals and achieve those goals one at a time. 
And I was always that kid that wanted to rush into everything and get everything done at once. And it just, farming is not that. It took us, it took us a few years to try to get in the hay business. And this year I wanted to just hop right into it. And, we, and my grandpa was like, no, we can't just hop right into it. But this year we finally got into it, bailed our first um, hay field and I raked and I was like, man, this is a lot of work. So, and I definitely, you know, you definitely appreciate, you know, you appreciate farmers when you see how much work goes into that. And, you know, you've got to be patient. And that's how, that's how I started. You know, I was patient. I researched a lot of things. I worked, you know, I basically shadowed like you would a real job, shadowed my grandpa, shadowed a family friend of ours. And I learned a lot from that. And I say that is my research. Um, but also you can learn a lot like online watching YouTube videos. Um, and you know, I wouldn't, I don't think I would be farming and, you know, raising the goats that I have, which tomorrow is breeding season for us. Um, so I don't think I would be there without having a community, having people to back me up and tell me to keep going. And, you know, I also think that's important. You need people to back you up and to help you get those goals and achieve those goals in life and in farming. And I just, I just think that's what it takes to farm and, you know, do anything in life that you want to do. Those are really great ways of speaking about uh, reaching your goals. You have hit on a lot of things that I, are not just about farming. It's just whole life lessons in general. So a lot of people can learn a lot from the steps that you're taking in order to be successful and achieve what you're wanting to achieve in your life. So that is really exciting, Braxton. I'm so happy to hear that you have reached your goals that you've set for yourself. And you keep talking about being patient, but yet you've accomplished all of these things in such a short amount of time. So you're rocking and rolling. And I know that you're going to just reach the new, new heights like sooner than later. Um, so you, with all of that enthusiasm and it's really fabulous to hear that you have your family backing you, supporting you and um, teaching you along the way and is just gung-ho with it. So your grandfather has been has been farming for quite a long time is what you said, right? Yes, he has. Been. And he's primarily um, once, been doing cattle. Yes, he, he started a long time ago and then we sold the farm that we had and he moved out here and now we're farming on five acres of land. Yeah. It doesn't matter exactly how much acreage you have. You can still accomplish a lot, whether you have, uh, you know, one acre all the way up to hundreds of acres. So a lot of people do a lot with what they've got. So that's exciting. So tell me, why did you want to get into goats? Why was that your passion after milking a goat? All I heard was you were like, that's it. I love it. And all I'm hearing is that was six o'clock in the morning when you decided you loved it. And I felt like that was really early in the AM. <laughs> It, it was very early. And I think that if I would have done it a little later, I'd have been like, you know, okay, you know, anybody can do that. Yeah. But, I, you know, when I got out there and I actually enjoyed that because I'm not a morning person and that is something that I look forward to doing, um, that was exciting. And then the reason I really got into it was because I wanted to get more involved in agriculture. And I, you know, I wanted to see how this little farming thing goes. And I told myself, okay, if I can, if I get used to dairy goats, maybe one day I can move up to meat goats and raise meat goats. Yeah, okay. So can you give us some information about what your your pit, top pick would be for a milk goat? 
So I raise mini alpine. They are a Nigerian dwarf and an alpine mix. Um, they are registered, so it's a registered breed. Um, I do like the mini alpine. Um, you know, you kind of get both characteristics of the Nigerian dwarf and the alpine. Um, and I really think, you know, it can be either a personal preference or what you've grown around. And I've grown around many alpines, but I think my favorite goat to milk and who has, you know, the calmest temper would probably be a Nigerian dwarf. Um, I do like the Nigerian dwarfs and they are smaller um, and they produce good amount of milk um, for their size. Okay. That's good information. I actually just wrote that down because um, Ben currently can't have uh, dairy, and so we were looking to get into goat milk because he, you can have goat milk, and we use that, that a lot as a substitute. But um, I like your idea of the mini Alpine because Alpine was one of those breeds that a lot of people had recommended, so I'm glad to hear that my research went ahead and collaborated with yours so i didn't even know they had a mini one that's exciting because yes our family certainly does not need gallons and gallons every day kind of thing so that mini would definitely help right and it, we have we have made um, goat milk soap with it um we've tried we're in the process of getting um, goat milk candles ready to be made so i mean they don't produce gallons and gallons and gallons a day but they may produce we have one out there she produces a quart a day yeah if and you know that's on the high end and that's perfect for us and sometimes that's even too much and we have to freeze it right oh that's interesting i i feel like i hear you leading into a new type of farming that you're recognizing that when you're farming you're producing a product and so mm-hmm. now you're that's that entrepreneurial type behavior that's coming you're now changing your aspect of not only just being a farmer but also creating a product like your goat soap so what's going to be the next step for you and uh, are you going to be moving into creating selling those things at a farmer's market an online market what are you what are you wanting to do so we plan on selling um mostly locally for right now we have a few craft shows that we have attended in the past and those went very well some in texas because we do have family in texas and we took our candles to that and soap to that um but I, we just plan on selling you know at a local farmer's market here and there um, but it definitely it definitely is a lot of work yeah just to you know just to make this little candle you know it it takes a long time to get it the right recipe down and the right ingredients and everything right yeah that is that does take a lot of a lot of effort so at our farm we have been doing um, a lot of you know public events and we do have craft vendors who come out and set up their booths and they have been selling we we love the goat soap uh that we use it smells so great you know it is definitely a different feeling so if any of our listeners are listening in on that definitely check out that goat soap because it is it's really special it's different than you know your typical soap that you would buy at your store so it has a lot of great benefits to it so where can people um purchase some of your products that you are creating so right now, um, we do not have anything for sale. We do not, we're not making everything to go out yet. Um, probably in the spring, summer of 2023, um, we should have our website up and going and they can definitely order from there. Um, and, you know, catch us at 
farmers markets and we will definitely put on the website and list where we will be in the spring that's smart there you go that's a good way to have that communication well in braxton your family is always welcome to our ranch if you want to sell any of your products out when we have events you're always welcome out okay okay thank you you're welcome okay so you reached out and talked about um that you produce hay and so we being in the drought situation you know even though we are at the same state we have a very different climate from you and from my location so I'm in the McAllister the southeast part of Oklahoma and it's so interesting how we have very different needs you have right now a surplus of hay that you're able to sell to other farmers and help everybody out and and we are in the need of it so that's interesting and that's really cool about that community you spoke earlier about community and um, that really encourages farmers to keep going and you were just a huge light when we were getting a phone call from you and we were feeding hay actually when you had called and it was like oh my gosh somebody is somebody wants to help farmers somebody wants to go out there and extend an extra hand so we are just really appreciative that you've reached out and had that communication with us so thank you you're welcome we have definitely been in that position before where you know and sometimes like we need square bells for our goats for the winter because we don't give out brown bells um but i think this year we will be giving brown bells to our goats and you know peeling some off and putting it in the stalls for them yeah. so you know we've definitely been in that position before yes and and that's another aspect too you're talking about being patient when you're farming is that every year is going to be completely different so your patience might be running thin when it comes to not having hay or running thin when you have a hard time with you know um kidding and just different types of things you might have run into different problems so every year is different and it's definitely a learning experience yes it is and some years are harder than others like this year was a pretty hard kidding season um you know we lost one of our twins we lost a little buckling and um, we you know i tried my hardest to do what i thought to do and that's where research comes in um but you know it was a pretty hard winter this year as well so and i think that's part of it yes exactly well and each year yeah you can't let all of that get you down it's one thing that i think is not talked about very often um especially on like social media is being able to express that there's good times in farming and there's harder times and um that you have to accompany both of those tasks uh if you want to be in this type of game Yes. And, you know, just because something happens there, you know, you still have these herd of cattle, these, you know, herd of goats um, that that needs you. And you can't let one thing, you know, just be like, oh, I'm done. Like, I can't do this. I right. can't let that get you down. Right. And, you know, sometimes there are times that you are like, I just want to quit. I just want to throw it all down and, you know, take a visit to the auction and just be done. But you can't let that get you down. Exactly. Good advice. Well, Braxton, let's go back to your FFA projects. Um, so if somebody is listening, you know, we might have a wide range of audiences. Our audience might be same age as you, but then we also might have adults that have kids that want to get involved. So talk to us a little bit about what has been the benefits of joining FFA or how can people get involved? What type of projects have you seen or some of the, just the things that you've learned? Yes, so I started by, you know, just enrolling in ag. Um, 
last year was my first year in ag. I think in Oklahoma, you can start as an eighth grader. And um, I started in ag and we talked about, you know, all the all the possibilities you can do in FFA. And my eyes were wide open because I did not think you could do that much stuff. You can show animals, do livestock judging, um, you know, do different agribusiness stuff on that side. And you can do agronomy if you're into plants, if you're into seeds. Um, and, you know, speech competitions, which we had a speech competition um, on Tuesday. And it's there's definitely a lot. And I think, you know, if you just talk to your ag instructor, ag advisor, um, you know, they can tell you everything you need to know. And that's what I did. And I think, you know, I wouldn't be to the point where I am now involved in ag if it wasn't for my ag teacher. That's wonderful. What kind of advice would you have um, for somebody who wants to get involved in ag? Like, what's something that you've learned that has, you think is going to be helpful for the rest of your life? So I really think, you know, responsibility, ag teaches you a lot of responsibility and don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, in ag, there really is no dumb question or there is no you know, question that's unnecessary. And I think that if you don't ask questions, you will never learn everything that you need to know if you don't ask questions. So don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to, you know, to reach out to people and you know, talk to people. And I think that's a huge part of advice that I would give anyone that wanted to join ag. Very nice. And like you said, there. I mean, they have um, a wide variety of classes that you can that you can participate in. I think Andrew, our son, is in ag, and he just and he makes posters. Like they, it's a wide yeah. range of what you can do, and there's a lot of skills that come with being in there. And like you said, responsibility, communication, um, lots of things that will prep you for being successful in other areas of your life, even after the program is over. Yes. And, you know, there was probably more than I listed. I mean, I know shooting sports is one, um, welding and wood making and all that is one. So, so you know, there's a lot. Yes. So Braxton, I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do. Their, their average age of a farmer is well into, it's like 46 years old is the average age and uh, our family is a first generation farmer so we too do a lot of research because we don't know a lot about a lot of things <laughs> but we're learning along the way as well and so you on the younger side of things what what do you see is a need or what kind of advice would you say to somebody who wants to get involved and uh, you think would you know, it's a, you've got a wide range of people, but it's, it's fading out. So it's really exciting to see your age group, Braxton, wanting to get involved in it. So I guess that's what I'm just trying to say is um, that it's really exciting that you are at this age and you're, you're kind of uh, changing the norm. So we want to encourage yes. other people who are just like you, who want to also get involved in ag. So um, how can people follow along with your journey or where can people continue to share the message of getting involved in agriculture at, at, at a younger age? Yes, um, and you know, it, it doesn't always fall back on communication. You know, sometimes, like I said, research, big on the research thing. Um, but again, don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, don't be afraid to try something new. Um, I was always afraid of being that person that wanted to try something new. And, you know, we won't be able to 
expand the farming age or you know get it lower the average to unless we don't try you know you don't get somewhere without trying right um you know if i wouldn't have went over there that one day to my family friends you know house i probably would not be here where i am today if you know if i just didn't want to go over there if i just said no i just want to stay home you know you can't do that you you need to go out and you need to try things and expand your horizons and you know something may not work out the way you want it to but that doesn't mean the rest of your career is over very good advice. I'm really excited to see that you are involved and that you have big things that are coming up. What is your ultimate future? What is your plan, your next goal that you're going to want to achieve? So my big lifelong goal is to go to Oklahoma State University and become a veterinarian. Um, and, you know, that's the highest goal that I'm reaching for. And, you know, even in FFA to be a state officer, that would be, that's one of my goals as well to be one of the state officers for um, Oklahoma. And, you know, one of my short-term goals that hopefully are in the next few years even would be to um, expand into meat goats and expand my dairy goat, you know, life lessons and expand that into meat goats. And like I said, we just got a pig this year, my show pig, my first show pig. So, you know, win things with him um, but my lifelong goal is to go to Oklahoma State University or even Texas A&M um, and become a veterinarian there. Good for you. Oh, I see so many bright future for you, Braxton. That's going to be wonderful. And we need more veterinarians because especially on the farm end side of things, we call our vet all the time with questions all the time yes. and go to them and um, they are so helpful. Yes. And, you know, we, we only have one. We have two veterinarians that we like to use here um, and they you know they work together and we ask them questions all the time and luckily his son is one of my good friends so you know I can just text him hey we ask you about this and I'm sure they get annoyed but it's fine I'm um, sure they love to help yes so I, I, I do think we need more veterinarians and more people that want to get into this that's exciting. Well, good work. So Braxton, thank you so much for your time here today. And we're looking forward to chatting with you further and we'll talk to you soon. So thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.